We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed. It is the noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and I have in studio my Bible Information Brokers team. My teammates I'll introduce to you momentarily, but right now I want to get this live presentation started. We already got our lights in order and everything is fine, and we're going to give you the information where you can call us. We got Pastor Rob receiving our phone calls tonight at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Wait, who's calling? One triple eight five two eight. Two five five seven. Those voices you hear in the background is just technical difficulties. I'll get that straight in a moment. But the phone number you can start dialing right now is one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. So if you have access to the internet, folks, you can also send us an email question or a Facebook question by simply going to one spot, our website at bibleinfobrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com, navigate there, either send an email question or a Facebook question, and we'd be able to deal with those questions uh, that way as well. And you can also send a little comment in there, and we'd be able to read your comments for future use. But this is a question and answer period for you to start dialing. Matter of fact, take advantage of it. Dial right now. If you have a question about anything in life, I like to call it, it could be about the Bible, it could be about theology, it could be about uh, other religions, it could be about life that you're going through, and what does the Bible say about it? I know you have a question because you are living life. And if you are alive out there, please take an opportunity to give us a call right now at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. And by the look of the screen here, I want to make sure that our phones are working. With all of all the background noise you hear and all the sound effects we have, those are special things. But you call us as a live presentation. Start dialing right now, please, at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Because I will give it like I always say, Uncle Easy got a thousand questions. I read my Bible, as you know. If you don't know, I'll tell you chronologically, right, Brian? Don't say anything I haven't introduced you yet. But chronologically reading brings up a thousand questions, and I have them. But this show is not for me to do that. It's for you, an opportunity to call in with your open, honest question at one triple eight. LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. So without further ado, I'm going to give you a little information that's very important that we got coming up with uh, one of our own teammates here, going to be going over the waters, as they say, within a month. But right now, without further ado, let me introduce you my good friend to my radio left, Brian Allen. How you doing, sir? Doing great. Question for you. No, that's okay. I'm no, going to no, introduce I my... Do, I do have a question. Is it legitimate? I was one of those under-the-bus no, questions. No, it's a legitimate question. Well, we'll see. At the beginning of the show, you say this is... Easy D, Daryl Easy D, Fulton, but at the end of the show, mm-hmm. you say this is Big Mama's baby. Who you call my mama? What? But why don't you what say did you, that? Did you say no, my no. mama? Yeah. You talk about my mama. Why, oh, now why, you know you can't talk no, about black man's mama. Why don't you Big Mama? Why don't you say that at the beginning of the show? Brian, it's, because called, you're it's saying called variety. This is, it's called variety, Brian. 
I know you don't know too much about that being as bland as you are, but it's called variety. And without know, further ado, from our bland guy to our most exciting guy, PCH, I call Professor Craig Hawkins. How you doing, PCH, oh, brother? Man, I got rock and roll tonight. How you doing? I can't hear Craig. Let me do that, do that again for me, Craig. My voice is mute still. Oh, well, let's, <coughs> let's unmute. There you go. I heard some clearing of the throat there. That does, Brian. Is it coming? What number there is that coming up on? There we go. Try that again now, Try Professor. No. Okay. Well, you know what? Professor said something like, he's here now. Let's try it again. Try that. There, there we go. he is. Oh, yes. too much, boys. Now, too much. <laughs> well, we're, we're, it's going to be a raucous evening. Well, look. Okay. We're we're we're, no, no, we're doing well. We press buttons sometime and they come up, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> but it's all good. Sit down, Brian. Have a seat. But he did say, "Big Mama." I thought, like, "Wow, you're, no, you're no. asking for it." No, there. Yeah, you talking about somebody, Mama? You know, you know, my Mama not with me no I more. I don't know what he says. You know, my Mama not with me no more. She gone. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, again, you can start calling in at one triple eight LA Talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Go to our website at bibleinforbrokers.com. When I start talking fast like this, because I, I want to get as many calls as we can, get as many questions as we can, and much information to you as we can and the thing I'm about to do right now is I want you to pay special close attention to it I'm gonna give professor an opportunity to tell us about an exciting trip he's taken that you'll be able to invest in the kingdom of God by being able to go places vicariously through professor and his group and training pastors to teach a whole nation some things PCH can you help me explain to the audience through your voice what is that all about uh, indeed, and of course, as you said, Daryl, we want to talk to folks tonight. So, could you give us that number one more time? I'll give it two call? more times: one triple eight LA talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Please take an opportunity to start calling right now. We receive your phone call. Hey, seriously, thanks, Daryl. Appreciate that. I'm I'm very excited. I've been going for a number of years over to India. We've been training uh, pastors and Christian leaders. Uh, and not just from India, that would be great enough, uh, but from Bhutan, from Nepal, from Bangladesh, uh, from Myanmar, old Burma, for those of you who are not sure what that is. So, I mean, that's not too shabby. And, uh, you know, you hear these studies of the unreached people groups, uh, and, well, <laughs> that's what a lot of people were talking about here. Uh, but so I'm getting to do that again. I'll be leaving uh, the 1st of October, Sunday. And staying for two weeks, guys. Um, and so we'll do our regular training uh, where we invite uh, Christian leaders, pastors in, room and board, whatnot is paid. Um, and we train them, of course, for free, ob obviously. Or hopefully it's obvious, should be. Um, and, and, and so that is just an incredible privilege. Some of these, a lot of these guys almost all speak five, six languages. Uh, Ranjit speaks ten um, these guys are sharp. Uh, many of them risk their lives literally to share the gospel. And, but, and so I'm always excited about this, but I'm particularly excited this time because I'm getting the privilege of training about 25, at least 25, it looks like, uh, pastors, Christian leaders from Myanmar. Uh, so this is in addition to the regular training that we're already doing. This isn't in place of the training. This is in addition uh, guys who, who come over from Myanmar and cannot make it over to where we have the other training in India. And uh, we will be, uh, be training them. And so, uh, guys, I'm just incredibly excited. What a privilege. I I count it one of the greatest privileges of ministry I've ever been given, uh, training these leaders in India and now these folks from Myanmar in addition to the other countries. I mean, so many from Myanmar as well. But I, t I got a minor problem. And I'm looking for folks to stand with me prayerfully. And, and I got to admit, financially, I, I need to raise $1,000. Some of that money's already come in, and I'm really appreciative of that. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Uh, because why? Because we're going to pay the lodging. That is, we'll pay the lodging, the food, the expenses for these gentlemen uh, and, and gals, uh, pastors and Christian leaders. 
uh, to come to the training. So we don't even expect them to pay that because you know, these people live in dire poverty, most yes, of them. Yes. Trust me, if I, I post up pictures this time, which I, I am probably going to do, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll see people who have glorified mud th hatch uh, houses sometimes and or corrugated metal. Uh, their kitchen would be like your garage. Uh, trust me, ladies, you, you, when I show you, if I show you some pictures of kitchens, you'll think, oh, you're kidding me. But seriously, you can be involved. The money, all the money is going to go to things like paying the lodging that's for the training so they can stay at a place right there. They can't go back home because that we wouldn't be able to train them, make it worthwhile. So, and for the food, trust me, these are nominal expenses. These are minimal expenses. And uh, you will also, there is a translator that needs to be hired. Many of them speak English, some do not. So we need a translator. And uh, so that, to pay that individual as well, your funds will go towards that. So look, I, I don't know how else to say this. So uh, to me, this is like an incredible, almost once in a lifetime opportunity. And if not literally once in a lifetime, certainly once in the very few times in life where your money can go so far, your funds to invest in eternity and these individuals, pastors and Christian leaders, to further equip them to know what we believe and why and how to teach and share and pastor uh, the flock that God has given them that's under their care. Wow. Uh, I, I just, I, you know, my, my voice probably does not convey my excitement, uh, but I'm really pumped about this and you can be a part of it. I really appreciate your prayers. A lot of things happen and for safety and traveling and other issues and then, uh, and everyone be able to get there safely and not get held up at the border and whatnot. And if you want to help again, for example, with the lodging, uh, that's where your funds are going to go. That's what they're going to pay for. I need to raise $1,000 still. So if you could do that, uh, really, really appreciative. And, and and this sounds hype. My last point here, sorry, guys. You know what? You'll see these people in, in, in eternity. Now, yes. I'm going to try to put some of these people up on a Facebook account. You might say, well, why don't you always do that? Why? Because we've actually gotten in trouble before. People, my partners and colleagues, have posted stuff up and uh, parts of India and these countries uh, it's very oppressive to Christianity, uh, such as the people actually persecuted. Let me put it to you that way. So uh, I will put things up, but I won't be able to put the places and the name, uh, some of the names maybe, but not the places, probably not the names. Uh, it'll be obvious that this isn't a costume party that you're seeing people from other parts of the world uh, because of their own safety. But I want to post, post this up, guys, so people can see this, so they know this is where your funds met, went. You invested in this pastor and this pastor and this pastor who are reaching people that no one else is going to reach, who can get into parts, again, Bhutan, uh, excuse me, Bhutan, it's Buddhist. Uh, Myanmar is um, officially Buddhist and very hostile to other faiths. And uh, it's known the land of the pagodas. There's so many you know, Buddhist temples and shrines and whatnot. So, anyways, folks, seriously, you can be a part of this. Uh, Brian, Darrell will tell you how to do that. And I just want to encourage people, minimally, prayerfully, and God will provide the funds. But uh, this is, an, uh, uh, if not a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, certainly once a very few times in a life, opportunity to invest in eternity. And you will see these people on Facebook, and, and more importantly, you will see them in heaven, and you will know, I invested in that. And every person that these guys taught, that they were further equipped in, to evangelize Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and others, you were a part of that. Amen, amen. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you have um, the Lord's money and you know you, who you are, you are good, you're a steward of it all. Matter of fact, everything we have is the Lord's anyway, and we are to be just stewards. So please consider being a good steward and being able to uh, 
participate with Craig's Venture. And I'm going to tell you later on during the broadcast how you can also give by way of using your points like with American Express and things like that, and you can translate that into money as well. But, Brian, right now, go ahead and give the information you want yeah, to Yeah, I do want to say this. When you go to the website, you go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, and you click on the link that says uh, Support and Donate. Uh, whichever way you pay, you put the amount in, but then it says add special instructions yes. to the seller. Okay, just put in there, this is for Craig's trip. Right. Okay, and then that'll let us know uh, that, 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 that those funds need to go to, to the professor for Absolutely. his trip. And, and I'm going to say this, you know, there, there's, there's, I believe many people out there could just write a check for $1,000 sure. like that. Okay, Some, there's a lot of people that can't, but there are, there are people, there are God's people that can. And so um, whoever it is and whoever you are, whether small or large, uh, let's make this thing happen, really. You know, spiritual warfare, uh, professors going over there. And, and here's the thing. You guys think, don't think it's just like him just taking a plane and going to Arizona or to Minnesota. He's going to international countries where Christians are not liked. He's training uh, other pastors so they can continue to spread the word okay and so there's things that need to be taken care of let's take care of that okay again just go to the website bibleinfobrokers.com and click on the link that says support and donate put in your amount okay and let's try it let's see if we can get it before the end of the show okay and then just put uh professor hawkins's uh trip Okay, that's it. Really appreciate it. And you can, again, Brian gave the website address. That's um, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. You can also send the check to our money order to our um, P.O. box, and I'll give you the information right now. Our P.O. box is, as I bring it up here, and I apologize for not having it right here, but here it is now. 90477? Say it again, Brian. P.O. box 90477. I'm going to double check. You say it one more time. Nine zero four seven seven. That is correct. Did I got it, it right. It is in Los Angeles. It's not ingrained in my head yet, but it's, it's getting there. It is in Los Angeles. Nine zero 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 nine. That's a nine in the beginning, three zeros in the middle, and a nine at the end. So, folks, please take advantage of that uh, right now. Actually, just please take care of that so we can move on and um, help Professor out with that. And look, you cannot. Undergive and you cannot overgive in this situation, but just give generously. Give as the Lord leads you in that area. And you know, and I, I, I would pretty much bet my life on this. That I guarantee you, the money that comes in is not going into his personal, <laughs> personal account. It, it works. No personal account. It, it, it's it's going towards this trip. Absolutely, Brian. You have an email question for us before we get to the phone call questions here. And let me get the phone number out again as you get into email questions. Set up. I think you have one for me. Yes. Okay, that, that question, I mean, that, that number is one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We have some open lines. Take advantage of them now. We see the callers that's calling, and now we'll get to your calls momentarily, and we want to deal with a couple of issues that we had on hand before you called in. So thank you very much for your calls. All right, this one is from our friend, um, uh, Reverend Phil. He says, in view of, of the tragic events in Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville, which have led to unprecedented I can read unprecedented and unprecedented racial anger. <laughs> it's not ebonics. No, Absolutely. I would like our ex, I would like your explanation of Matthew five twenty two with the emphasis on the words without a cause. Does this give sanction to promote or engage in hatred? What acts of hate fall in this without a cause category? But I say unto you, oh, he reads the, he reads the passages. Also, what is the proper response to Malachi one two to three? 
I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, Where hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I love Jacob? And I hated Esau and laid his mountains uh, and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Radical Christianity could take these scriptures as an endorsement of hate. I appreciate your comments, Reverend Phil. The whole terminology of radical Christianity is another issue. I would love to deal with that one time when we get the chance to do those words, those buzzwords, Professor and Brian, like radical Christianity, um, fundamentalism, and all of those type of things. But let's get right I, into this question. I tell you right? what, I haven't read King James in a long time. <laughs> it's still, still beautiful and poetic. PCH. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Sorry, I was just looking at the, at the passage mm -hmm. here. Uh, hermeneutical principle is is that the Old Testament is to be interpreted in light of the New, uh, since we're not uh, Jewish or only, uh, but uh, Judeo-Christian. We would argue that the Tanakh, or the quote-unquote Old Testament, is to be interpreted in light of the New. So uh, the, the, the passage of Malachi we'll deal with in just a moment. Uh, but certainly God does hate certain things, and then he does, by extension, hate individuals who do those things because he knows they're not going to repent because they're unrepentant. And so we would say, you know, child molesters, rapists. Yeah, God hates those things, and he hates people who do those and are unrepentant. He, he is wrathful. The problem is we often have this idea in mind. Uh, God is this meek and mild Jesus. He never gets upset over things. No, God does, and he hates sin. And, and those who commit it and those who wink at it, those who tolerate it. But having said that, now his knowledge is perfect. His knowledge is infinite and, so, and ours is not. So, but he's not told me to. Yeah, I'm to hate sin. We are to avoid evil, askew evil. For example, we're told in Amos and to pursue, enjoy, appreciate good. That, that is the case. And I'll give you some explicit passages just a moment for Phil and for others listening to this, of course. Uh, but that doesn't justify us hating. So, and by the way, the word hate there is often pointed out that the concept of hate and the Hebraic, the Hebrew mindset is that he loves less. And you can see why. And now we could deal with Romans as well. But Esau clearly was an immoral person, sold his birthright for a mess of pottage, um, did a, a number of bad things. And then the Edomites. Esau gave rise to the Edomites, were known to be a very wicked people. And so God hates that. Yeah, and he does. And, and hate is the appropriate word. Uh, however, when God hates something, again, he has perfect, infinite knowledge and wisdom. We don't. And he can handle that in a perfect, perfectly judicial sense. Let me give you an example. So someone, God forbid, has had a child murdered. And, and not just murder, but let's say in a, in a particularly, and of course all murder is horrible, obviously, but some, but some ways of killing people are more heinous than others. If you torture them, for example, that, that clearly is just uh, the wickedness of the wicked, if you will. Um, and so let's say, imagine that, that the jury would be made up of, of just the parents or families of that child or the, and or the judge as well. Uh, the whole court was a, comprised of people who uh, knew this child and loved this child. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible for them to render an impartial, uh, i.e. A, a completely just and fair verdict and sentence in light of that, but the odds are against it. And, and I'm not saying that's uh, not normal, but that's why you don't have family members or people involved as a party in, in a, a given action, uh, serving on a jury. That's why they go through jury selection. Or as a judge, you have to recuse himself. Whereas God's not so tainted, God can still render, in an impartial sense, a totally just, righteous, and holy verdict. 
And sometimes, of course, that verdict is guilty and you're in big trouble. Um, so God can do that. He can handle that. We can't. Um, and so therefore, uh, among other reasons, we are never justified in hating people. And let me say this. Uh, uh, child molesters to me are the lowest of the low. Um, you know, even in prison, they have to be put in what's called the ATSIG. They have to be separated because canines, the, the normal population will kill them. Uh, just It's just a given. They will be beat up and uh, murdered, if at all possible, if they get their hands on them. Uh, even among people who are themselves convicted felons. But they see that them and rapists as the lowest of the low and say, you know, I have kids out there, grandkids and or a wife, daughter, and you're doing that stuff. So, uh, but... I would say that, look, I don't hate them. I still want some people put in jail and perhaps put in jail for life. Um, but I don't hate them and I want to, I still, I want to treat them. I believe God tells me to treat them with dignity and respect. Now, it doesn't mean I let them out and, and loose, right? But it means I, I don't call them names. I don't try to denigrate them or, or degrade them or put them down. Uh, yeah, you, you do what is necessary to keep them in line, and I'm not talking about torture or beating people up, but I mean, you do what you gotta do to keep people from harming others in prison, which often happens. But I'm never justified in hating them. I'm never justified in calling them names and whatnot. That, that's, just, that's, that's just not given to me. I can't handle that stuff. That stuff will eat me alive. And so that stuff is forbidden. And by the way, not just to me, my point is, it's forbidden to all of us. So. What, is, what does the Bible tell us? Anybody who claims to know God, and there are a number of groups and religions out there that claim to be the true Christians or the true Hebrews or the true Israelites or whatever, there's some, some, and they hate other people other uh, of different races or, or what have you. And what I tell you, for those who do that, anybody who does that, they are not of God. Uh, the scripture is very clear uh, that that anybody who hates his brother, uh, who he, he can't see, but says he loves God who he cannot see, is a liar. Yes. Right? The Bible is very clear um, that you you can't you can't do this. Um, for example, just one of many, but for example, in First John, chapter. Uh, two, it tells us, for example, anyone who claims to be in the light, that is, is a believer in the light of God, it is, but hates his brother is still in the darkness. And bright brother here doesn't just mean your little physical brother or your, your spiritual brother. It means anybody who is a fellow human being. If you hate people, this says you don't even know God. You're in dark, you're in, in deception. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brothers in the darkness and walks around in the darkness, he does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. So here and elsewhere, uh, we're told clearly that anybody who hates is not of God. This is not of God. So what's happened in Charlottesville and elsewhere is horrible on both sides. There are extremists on both, I'm going to argue, on both sides. And they're all to be condemned. Uh, none of it is to be tolerated. Look, I believe in civil disobedience. I think it's, there's a time and a place to, uh, uh, in a certain manner and way to do it, to commit civil disobedience. There are some Christians who disagree with me uh, on this, but I hold to civil disobedience. And by the way, what do you think the apostles did when they're told not to preach the name of yes, God? Exactly. And they did. Anytime the government forbids what God commands or commands what God forbids, it is to be disobeyed. Not only is it a right, it's in fact sometimes a duty to do so. That's not my issue, but my issue is when it involves hatred, when it involves actually harming people, that is by you know calling them names, uh, using inappropriate language. I always, by the way, what these people, they, they can't seem to talk without using cuss words like their conjunctions or adjectives or something, I mean, all the time. It's like, how, can't you have a civil dialogue and disagree passionately? 
uh, but still respectfully. And of course, violence, I'm going to argue, is totally unbiblical. And, and those who utilize that and claim God's with them, God is not with them on either the left or the political right. God is not uh, have, uh, having um, complicity in any of that. Uh, it's categorically wrong, and I believe all of it is to be condemned. Again, not that you can't protest, not that you can't commit civil disobedience and disagree and make your point, but committing violence, as Martin Luther King Jr. and many, many others involved in civil disobedience over the years know, uh, is never is not right. Brian, Daryl? Yeah, no, what I want to do is ask you a follow-up question because a person that no longer on a phone calls with his name, Sean, called for L.A., and I think it's a follow-up uh, statement that he was asking about, but God in his uh, omnipotence, he doesn't he use evil sometimes to check people? Cape that he uses it doesn't mean that he causes it or he that he commands it. it. Correct. That he allows it. So he lets you and I make decisions. I let my kids make decisions mm-hmm. over the years because that's part of maturation, but I never want them to commit evil. Uh, so yeah, God would use it. He's the great, I use the phrase, the great exploiter of evil. Yeah. He will exploit evil, but do not do not suppose that that somehow entails, that logically indicates what we say ontologically or epistemologically speaking, sorry, technical verbiage there, that he has trunk with it. That is, he condones it. James 1 what tells us, if any man's tempted, right? Don't think that God's doing it. Because right. God cannot tempt, neither is he tempted by any person. So God has nothing to do with evil in that sense, but he, explo- he doesn't cause it. Good word, but he does, Brian, you said it, he allows it. And he will use it for good, even though those who commit it, here's the point, those who commit it are culpable. Culpability is a level of one's responsibility. It's related to responsibility. Although there are people who are culpable for it, God's not on the line, not on the hook, we say, but those who commit it are. Countless times, he, he, they say God raised up nations, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar and all those guys. He used Assyrians to uh, check Israel. He Pharaoh, he got his glory out of Pharaoh. So the exploitation of God over evil is for the eventual good and glory exactly. of God. The irony is people can still, and this is related to what's called the free will debate, and even St. Augustine, for example, in many writings dealt with this. If God knows it, does he cause it? In what sense does he, he allow things to happen? Uh, but yeah, he God is so sovereign. He, he is so masterful, if you will, his, his rule of the universe, we so say, sovereign. referring like to that. his providence and his sovereignty, two related but different concepts, uh, providence and sovereignty, that he will get his will done. Uh, we're pawns. We, mm-hmm. and, and by that, I'm not saying I don't believe we're significantly free on certain matters. I, uh, even even Kant, Immanuel Kant, his critique of pure reason, got this straight. He said, "Look, uh, d- free will is really debatable, but the the reality is, even if we're not free, we have to act as if we are." And so, translation: God uses our choices, and He will still get His will done, even though we quote unquote freely chose them. Yes. We we chose to do them, and God will get His will done. We are responsible. We are culpable. He is not. You know, again, I, I, we're going to go on to other callers, but I just want to say that I'm reading this Old Testament and just the idea how even some of the wicked kings and everybody knew, they said even your prophets, like Jeremiah prophesied about uh, the, the uh, Israelites or the uh, people of Israel should turn themselves over to Babylon and not 
fight so that the God won't, you know, so that the city won't be destroyed, even though Nebuchadnezzar knew that the prophet was saying sure. that. And they yep. wound up putting the guys out, which is an evil thing to do. Yeah, look at, and it yeah. killed his children right in front of them. Exactly. Look at, uh, uh, look at Cyrus, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the king of the Medo-Persians. Yeah. Prophecies. Uh, you know, Daniel. the prophet take Jeremiah takes it out to him and says, look here, you're prophesied about, you know, this is pro a prophecy of you. Mm -hmm. You're going to do God's bidding. Exactly. And he realized, and again, of course, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. and Daniel chapter 3, yeah. 4, 5, and 6 uh, finds out all too well the sovereignty all that God's in control. Well. Oh, all yep. you may have been the most powerful leader in the world, but yeah. you're still a, a puppet, puppet in the sense puppet. of you rule by God's discretion. And I love the the, the, the one verse that says uh, he he exalts the basis the, the you know the basis of people. <laughs> so, right. so sometimes the people who are the most disgusting, God still uses them to get His will done in spite of them uh, and without condoning their their. My new ways. phrase, what you just said, so sovereign. I like. That, uh, I like the professor. He says, "Soul sovereign." You know, Craig, you you mentioned Emmanuel Kant. There was a uh, a question. Uh, it says, "Who is a better philosopher, Bill Craig or Greg Bonson?" Those who who are those two people you were talking about say it again those two no that was again. one of the questions yeah that actually you, I saw that I are saw you that wanting question. to segue is that no, a subtle because no, no, you, no. you met you mentioned a philosopher not so subtle hint <laughs> so let's okay let's segue for a moment let's you, seriously I, I saw that question previously yeah. um uh, there uh, of course Bonson's gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, I did meet him. I don't say I knew him as a friend, a good buddy, but I, I certainly had interacted with him. I interviewed him. I, I did a radio program, Drive Time, for a number of years, and I interviewed him several times. And I read a number of his books. And William Lane Craig is still alive, of course. And um, right. they, they both. Sorry, here you go. As they would say with me, I hope at least one part of this. <laughs> well, that I have some strengths. Yeah, of course. Uh, I have weaknesses. Sure, they're they're completely different. Bonson was a very staunch Calvinist. He was uh, really hold to almost what we call Reconstructionism, uh, theologically, not not just politically. He he was a presuppositionalist. He had studied under and influenced by Cornelius Van Til. Um, and at any rate, he held to um, theonomy, the God's law applicable for today in a governmental sense, if you will, not just the moral civil law, uh, but but I mean, excuse me, but this in the sense of you shouldn't have usury or only for a few things or what have you. He wrote a book called Theonomy, or by this standard, who I believe is the other title for the more uh, popular version. Um, Bonson, and so he, he was a, a presuppositionist. Again, he held to a theonomy, and he was a, a post-millennialist. I disagree with Bonson in a number of things, okay? But having said that, I have great respect for him. The guy was a bright bulb, clearly, and I do not want to depreciate his intellect. William Lane Craig is incredibly sharp as well. Ironically, though, he's on the Armenian side. Um, he holds to some things that I also don't agree with. I don't agree with what's called um, his view of middle knowledge and his views of late of, an, of a number of issues. Uh, but I still have great respect for uh, Bill William Craig. I mean, uh, Lynn Craig, he's a smart guy, dual doctorates. His book on the resurrection is arguably the best in English. There's some that rival it perhaps in German and French, but since most of our listeners don't read that, I won't go there. Uh, but but his, his works on the resurrection, for example, are just phenomenal. Um, and he's written some very good material. But I have my disagreement. So I, I, I would just say I'm, I'm not going to answer the question because they both have, they're radically diverse. That'd be like saying to me, do you like orange or purple? Uh, 
Uh, well, I guess that's completely subjective, but <laughs> but 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 they're both really good in certain areas, and then I have strong disagreements with both of them in areas. They would disagree with me, of course. That's yeah. not saying anything. I, I'm the standard. It's just simply, they ask us. <laughs> you're not. You're not the standard. If they're listening, no, I don't want to. I, I am not so vain in that sense that I think that I'm the standard right, right, to, right. to uh, judge this or adjudicate this matter. So the person simply asked us, and so I'm simply answering. I'm not going to give an answer straight him him or him. I'm going to say they both have great strengths and great weakness, uh, some weaknesses in my my view, and I would I would counsel the um, uh, the individual believer to weigh their arguments and their issues in light of the Word of God. But again, Bonson wrote some really good stuff, sharp guy, and he got his PhD at USC in philosophy, and then William Lane Craig again, really sharp. And his book on the resurrection is 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 one of my favorites, and is uh, arguably the best. Bar none in English is one work. The, the whole title of the book is like you know three lines. I mean it's but it's a phenomenal published by Edwin Mellon Press, a phenomenal work. So there, well, that's well, my my, well, my Captain consider. Kirk would say thanks, Spock. Yeah, that's my. <laughs> that's, Here we go. That's my uh, my. Opinion. <laughs> yeah. what, is that? what is that you guys doing? I can't see that. No, 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 no. That's the that? Vulcan. The Vulcan. Oh, you know I didn't see that. I've never seen Star. No, I've never seen Star Wars. I've seen Star Trek one or two times. Anyway, one trip. I gotta start calling Craig Spock. He's just one triple eight LA talks. Folks, he was saying that not looking at a computer, not looking at his book. And the number is one triple eight LA talks. I was trying to put my Bible back together. We see that over there, but you need to get some. uh, You know, well, you're doing okay. One triple eight LA talks is number one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Just like Thomas, we're gonna get to in a moment. Doug, hang in there. We're gonna deal with Doctor Brendan in a second. But ladies and gentlemen, you can call in with your open honest question. Any question about the Bible, life, godliness, uh, what you're going through in life. If the Bible have a response, we want to give that to you if we know it. If we don't know it, we'll tell you. If there's no biblical response as we know it, then we'll tell you that as well. So you go to our website also and send us an email question or send out a question through Facebook by going to our website. Go there now, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And you can simply navigate through and you can see how to send us a question by way of uh, Facebook or our email. Um, uh, just before we go, we did give you an opportunity to hear about what Craig is doing in um, in India, and we asked for some donations in that regard. But let's not be uh, remiss in not asking you also for donations in regard to this broadcast. So, Brian, real quickly, let them know the address and let them know that we need some uh, help in regard to And what are the funds used for, Brian? Strictly. Strictly. Well, in essence. To pay, to keep us on air every week. It's not my salary. Not my salary. Well, we all have the same salary. Craig, like, I get the same as Craig. Tell him what it is. Goose egg. No, you guys <laughs> Double voted, goose egg. No, you guys voted to triple my salary last oh, week. That's right. I do apologize. Triple, so it triple. is done. Three times zero. Three times double goose egg. But Brian, just let the folks know how they can get yeah, when really. we go back to these questions. You know, folks, we're going to ask you to stand with us financially and prayerfully. And we want to thank those that, that pray for us. Absolutely. We want to thank those that, that support us. Okay, but it's an ongoing battle. So it's ongoing spiritual warfare. And it's like uh, the devil wants you to kind of like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. So you wake up tomorrow and you forget. You know what? I've done that before. Not once, but a few times. Okay, so. uh, Like today, like sending me a text. (laughs) Boy, the buses are rolling. Go, Brian, focus, focus. Go ahead. So (laughs) without any further interruptions, uh, no, seriously, you can support us. Okay, you know, it's you know we we have fun, but we have fun in the Lord, yes, yes. and and we do 
what this Bible show is supposed to answer your open, honest Bible questions um, or general questions, and we'll give you a biblical response. You go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says support this ministry, and you can give. Uh, you can do it automatically. Uh, where uh, it'll go right to our uh, uh, right to our website, and uh, the funds will go right into our bank, and it makes it so much easier. Or you can set it up where you could just have it done automatically uh, once uh, once a week or once a month. And so a lot of you guys are doing it like that. Yeah, very good. And so uh, we want to thank thank you in advance for your donation. Okay, can I share with them the PO box number? You already give that. Uh, no, let me I did. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Okay. PO box nine zero four seven seven. P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, a nine, three zeros, and a nine at the end. And why are you giving that P.O. Box? Because it's a new P.O. Box they can send a check or a money order to, okay. not cash. Thank you for listening for a change, Brian. We really appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, we really do appreciate it. Like Brian said, we thank you in advance for your help. Now, ladies and gentlemen, going back to the phone calls. And again, take the opportunity to go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com, uh, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and you can send us uh, questions that way. And you also can make comments there. We won't read the comments over the air, but we're always interested in what you have to say about the broadcast. And we have very thick skin, so feel free. Uh, let's go to our good friend in New York, Dr. Brendan. Dr. Brendan, thanks for calling in and holding on, brother. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing well, sir. Doing well. How are you doing? All right. All right. You know, uh, easy day and... Uh and Professor Hawkins and Pastor Brian and Robert, you have my personal phone numbers and all that. Please check in with me, okay? We appreciate that, my brother. You have my permission, and uh, if you don't have it, uh, Easy D will give it to you. Sure. Please check with me, okay? All right. So I, I like to keep in touch with my brothers and all that. But, you know, my, 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 my thought for today is, is this idea. It's along the ideas of predestination and all that. You know, when God told Adam and Eve, you do this, you do not do this, you shall surely die. And then when we read the text, it sounds like, oh, you'll surely die. We think that it's going to be physical death. But theologians throughout the centuries have said, Oh, that's not what God really meant. It meant spiritual death, okay? And and then now we have spiritual death by virtual federalism throughout everyone else. So okay. I'm created. I'm created as a, as, as a man, and I'm a sinner by virtual of federalism. I'm created with a sinful nature. Okay. And, and so I'm thinking, I'm created with a sinful nature. How is that fair that I'm created with a sinful nature that I didn't have the exact same sort of temptation that Adam and Eve had of pre-sinful nature of choosing right and wrong. Okay, Doctor. I I I I'm 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 crazy with that sinful nature. I got you, Doc. So I'm, with, I'm hearing a question. Along, uh, let me let me finish. Along with that, that with predestination that God has created some people by virtue by choosing ahead of time okay. to be saved, and then those 
he's chosen not to save by virtue of no fault of their own because they're sinful, but yet they're guilty of sin by virtue of that federalism. Okay, Doc, I'm going to have to cut in now. Doc, I'm going to have to cut in on you. Doc, I need to cut in on you because I did hear a question when you asked. You said something about fairness, and we I don't want to come to the top of the hour break. So I want to be able to have a professor given an opportunity to have to answer your question. Is there a bigger question that you have about the fairness of it, or is there some other bigger question that you may have? No, that's not the question I'm asking. I thought I heard you say fair. Is that fair? So I want to make sure, what is the question that you're getting to? The question I'm getting is is this. How is it just and fair of God to damn certain people that he's made no provision for salvation based on all that I understand of Ephesians. Okay, all right. And all that I understand that 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 God has decided ahead of time. Got you. No, I got you. I got you. Let's get let's get Professor. Uh, well, okay, but, but, but you're interrupting. Do, I know, Doctor Brennan. We need to, Doctor Brennan. I need to interrupt you because we got to get the, we got the question. I think, well, we understand the question. I want to give the professor an opportunity to ask because we have limited time on each side, and we got other questions we got to deal with as well. So I know I know you can appreciate that. So let's give the professor an opportunity to chime in. Well, at least to, to the extent that uh, we can. of what he put on the table. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to let him hear the rest of it. But, of course, Dr. Brendan, number one, always good to hear from you, my friend, number one. We hope you're... Professor, always call me, okay? You know at your leisure. Yes. You know how to get a hold of me. So it's thank you. And... It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Sir. And we hope you're doing better health-wise as well. We know you've had some, some I, I, health I, I'm issues. I'm doing better, yes. yes. I, so, I thank you. That. so thank Thanks you. And, and you, my friend, probably run circles around me intellectually, so I will attempt to answer, but you can give a better answer than I have. So go, you're you're being go, gracious go, to me. <laughs> go, go ahead, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, for those who don't know, of course, I know you understand this, but for all of our audience, we're referring to federal headship, and that's the idea that it, Adam represents all of us. Now, there's differing views of federal headship, but um, there's a great book for people's reference. It's called Charts of Christian Theology and Doctrine. Charts of Christian Theology and Doctrine by H. Wayne House, just like it sounds, House, H-O-U-S-E. Oh, of course you have. Yeah, this is not for your benefit, for but rest of our audience. And, of course, any really good systematic theology always deals with, under soteriology or anthropology or both, deals with uh, the, the sense and nature and election and all these incredibly important issues and, and deals with the issue of federal headship. So there's different ways it's understood, but... One of the main classical ways is, is that Adam represents all of us, and so what he does affects all of us. And so, of course, your question is, very good question is, why do we suffer from what Adam did? How can I be held responsible for somebody else? Because in, in for example, uh, Exodus, excuse me, uh, yeah, no, in Exodus 20 and elsewhere, God's very clear. He says, look, uh, kids don't answer for their parents' sin. They, each person will be held accountable for their own. In ancient societies, if you had a son or daughter that did something bad, you could also uh, suffer for them. And Dr. Brennan, of course, this is not for your benefit. In other words, genetically. Yeah, right? right, 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 right. But, I mean, literally, and then genetically, of course, your parents are alcoholics. Well, that's going to affect you. 
And so th there are differing views on this. Let me just say this. So uh, again, why do I pay the penalty for what my parents did? In this case, the idea would be your original parents, ergo the federal headship. Uh, second issue, just to put terms on there, and again, Dr. Brendan, not for your sake, but I always want to bring the, the audience along so it's not just a private dialogue between you and me, as yes, fun as that yes, is, of course, as much as yes. I enjoy that. And then the concept of predestination, parizo uh, in the Greek, P-R-O-O-R-I-Z-O, um, which means yes. to mark out, determine uh, beforehand. And so I clearly do believe in predestination. I, I, I'm not yes, going to try to skirt that issue. It, it clearly is taught, Ephesians 1, yes. and you mentioned other passages yes so how can this be I, i'm born a sinner i'm born with a sin nature i'm born under the judgment of god and yet i didn't really have a choice in that and it's marked out beforehand now and of course you espouse the calvinistic view which calvinism would say as bp warfield tells us in his classic work the plan of salvation that the sine qua non to use my latin here i paid a lot of money for this stuff, <laughs> i have to use it you pay that much money for an education got to use it a sine qua non would be in latin that without which or the unique distinctive that marks something and calvinism is as warfield rightly tells us the essence of it besides tulip would really be limited or really actually definite or particular atonement and that would be the view that christ uh, only dies uh, for the elect. That is, he dies. His plan is to uh, propitiate or to pay the penalty and, and then to reconcile uh, uh, the elect. Uh, not everybody, yeah. Not it's not universal in the sense of for every human being, but he uh, only dies, if I can use the word only and advisedly, for those whom he plans to, that is, he plans to redeem them, and he cannot fail, therefore they would be redeemed. So to say it, say it negatively, uh, it doesn't sound nice, but really, the, the, as you've basically said, if not alluded to or explicitly said, that would mean he didn't die for certain people, which means they can't be saved because he didn't die for them, and he'd have to right. die for them to, to a pay for uh, atone for their sins therefore they can't be saved and now this big problem if you've already got predestination and you've got federal headship oy vey right. uh, it seems like uh god, you know god's got people going to hell and it's 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 and they can't even help it um he didn't die it, for it, them it, it, and it, they it, were it, it, sound, it sounds unsaid did it? i did i paint it bleak enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't sound very good um and yet I would humbly offer that God is just, is righteous, is holy, is good. Yes, I understand that. Right. And but again, for the benefit of our entire audience. So I would argue and, and this is my understanding, by the way, this issue is such a, a perennial issue, such an important issue. I think of Augustine, for example, on free will or free choice, variously translated among many works. But that whole work is dealing with this issue. How could this be? Uh, how would God, how did God foreknow? And if he did foreknow and did predetermine, didn't he cause it? Isn't he responsible? And by the way, the additional problem, if he knew it and God can only know truth, then didn't necessarily happen. Insult to injury, it would seem, is not only does it happen, it necessarily happens. And Augustine spends a whole book on but this very issue. how could it be a free gift if God did not choose to give it to certain people? If there were 10 people drowning, but yet he saved only 10 or five people drowning out of the 10. Precisely. It, it, does that make sense? It, it does. And let me give one more illustration. Uh, some would say, look, uh, let's say a governor or a president, both, 
Uh, can they not pardon criminals? And do they not pardon some and or one and not pardon another? And and then I the, know I know right well, gentlemen, that I uh, have Doctor B, Doctor Doctor Brennan. Well, we got Hold on, hold on for a second. Hold, hold on, hold on for a second. I got to put you on hold because we got to. We're talking to the other audience. We know that you and Professor know this stuff uh, in and out. But I need to have him finish his point to the other audience because we're coming at the top of our break, and I want to make sure I'm uh, governing the show in a proper way with the decorum I'm set to do. Okay, so I'm gonna bring you back on, but I need you to let Professor finish to talking to the audience as well. So, I, I, I will hold. So, um, I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead so my, 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 my point would be, and yet I would argue theologically and philosophically, uh, I'm at complete peace with this and not what we call cognitive dissonance because my understanding of federal headship is really, can I give a word picture? It's really like this. Adam is tempted by Eve. Well, he's tempted by himself, but yeah. by, the, by the fruit. And the fruit doesn't, whether it's pear, apple, that's not the issue. The issue is, whatever it was, he's tempted by it. And it's as if there's a peanut gallery. There is a stadium of all of humanity. Of all of humanity is like in, in, in the stadium. This is one massive stadium. And he looks to us and he says, should I do it or not? <laughs> and we in the future saying. <laughs> yes. And all of us, and I'm speaking, of course, hypothetically, but all of us say, go for it. We all, we all affirm it. We all yeah. ratify his choice. And therefore, I would argue it's completely fair for God to hold us culpable because we really did agree. And we, we show that by every time we sin, we ratify the choice. Even as believers, we, we still sin. And we're saying, in essence, well, we are, in essence, explicitly or implicitly, uh, we are ratifying the decision. So my view of a federal headship is that's why it, it, we can be held responsible. And it is fair is because I basically, if you will, in a proleptic sense, I'll use the big 50 cent term what? there. What proleptic, proleptic. Okay. Proleptic. Which means calling something before it happens because you know what's going to happen. Uh, so pro proleptic, yeah, it's it's related to prophetic. Yes, yes. my favorite word. Yes, so it wasn't it wasn't uh, a mispronunciation. It was uh, it's a related term. But thanks, Daryl. Very good point. Thank you, sir. Um, so proleptically, God can hold us accountable and impute it to all of us because we all agreed, we all did it, we all agreed with Adam and Eve, and therefore He's still just and holy and good. And, uh, of course, I actually do believe Christ atones does, my view would be that it does apply to everybody, so that would be another distinctive that I have. I believe it is universal in its, in, in its scope that it, it could indeed redeem all. Uh, and I would reference, with all due respect, First John 2, 1 and 2, for example, and, and other passages. And, and I know godly, intelligent people disagree here. So that's my understanding. As Brian knows, he took a grad class with me. I spent a lot of time on the problem of evil. I don't mean to shortchange it. I don't mean to make light of your profound and excellent question, the questions. But I hold to federal headship. Uh, by the way, I hold to it because uh, for no other reason the Bible teaches it. Look at Romans 5, for example, classic passage, if not the Losus Classicus, the classical citation of the issue of death and federal headship and death being applicable to us, Romans 5. And it's also the way it works on 1 Corinthians 15 when now Christ can be our federal head and can now give us his righteousness and it applies to all of those who are in him. Now, again, the $64,000 question, which you've noted that I've almost skirted around, I would argue, but on what basis? 
Genesis? How does that work? Does Christ literally die for all or only the elect? Uh, how does that work? That is for greater minds than mine to, to solve. And, of course, I would argue, with all due respect, those lectures are given in heaven, certainly not by moi. Uh, <laughs> and I will be there and, and with rapid attention, uh, paying attention diligently to that matter. Uh, but, we, yeah, but in the meantime, my dear friend, you know this. Uh, God's grace and favor be upon you according to his will. You know, we, you, people like us, I, I struggle with that issue. Yeah, it's it's a difficult issue. It's hard to get our minds around it. But I, like with Augustine, I would impute to him, not putting myself in his league, but agreeing with his comments that God is nonetheless holy, righteous, and just, and I am guilty of sin, and I cast myself upon his grace and mercy because of the suffering that we go through, uh, a physical, not just spiritual, yes, to your point, physical, and as you well know, some of that physical pain is quite excruciating, and our hearts go out in the most profound sense to those who experience that once or on a regular basis we we want to to love them and and to stand with them in solidarity because of we are fellow travelers under the effects of sin and we want to extend god's grace and mercy in every way we possibly can and adequate as i certainly am in doing that well professor i really appreciate that much dr brendan we have about uh 15 let me, seconds let me ask, let me ask. Let me ask this question. It'll be 15 seconds, and we got to let you go after this. Go right ahead. Okay, okay. okay. I understand it. But having said all that, how is it still just and prolific that God allowed me to be suffering for the mistakes of Adam? Got it. Okay, Dr. Brennan, what I'm going to do is have, I'm going to take you off and have Professor deal with that on the other side of the break. But right now, we got to get into our top of our break. Thank you very much for that phone call, my brother, and we will deal with that. Professor, you got it, because you a doctor can go all day with this kind of stuff, and the question is never going to be we satisfied. Have. <laughs> and we will continue to do it. I don't think it's going to be answered this side of heaven. And this heaven and this Christ and this uh, sin and this federation and this, uh, you guys didn't use the word, I used to hear semen representation and all that kind of don't stuff. don't mean to make light of it, yeah. we'll, but we will come back after the break. We would definitely we we have to because it's a hard break. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, along with Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins. Brian, I will give the real meaning of my name later on. But right now, folks, you can call in with your open, honest question. We have an uh, opportunity for you to call in live, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian mentioned our website. I, uh, I would ask you to go to our website if you have access to Internet and navigate there while we're taking the top of the hour break and see how you can send us a question. And you also can send us a email question. You can send us a Facebook question. You can navigate and see all the various things that we have. And I want you also to take, while you're on the Internet, to share with other people that you know who may be believer or non-believer, friend, family, or foe. Let them know that you're listening to Bible Information Brokers and that this is an interesting broadcast whereby you can call in with a question. What type of question? Well, you just call in with any question you have about life, about the Bible, about other religions, about anything you want. And we want to give you the biblical response if there is one. PCH, Professor Craig Hawkins, Brian Allen, myself, uh, Pastor Roberts receiving the phone calls right now and setting you up to be on the broadcast live. So take advantage of that opportunity now. This broadcast goes as you call in, as you send those email questions, as you send those Facebook questions in. We're ready, we're here, we're able to receive your question to prayerfully give you the biblical response if there is one. If there's not or we don't know the answer, we'll say, duh, we don't know the answer. But call us right now, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, and you can do that right now. Right now we're going to take a break and be back after these messages. <laughs> 